Welcome to the Ordinary to Extraordinary podcast. I'm your host, Luca Rose. Three years ago, I made the change to move my life from ordinary to extraordinary, and it has been my life's work for the past three and a half years to do the same for others. I run an online multiple six-figure business. I'm a mama to a gorgeous little girl and an all-around enthusiast when it comes to squeezing the juices out of life. On this podcast, you'll find an amazing range of various topics and guest interviews who have made the change from ordinary to extraordinary. I intend to bring you stories, interviews, tools, resources, and more to move you from ordinary to extraordinary. Let's dive in. Thank you so much, John, for joining me on here today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? I'm doing wonderful today. (laughs) That's good. I would love for you to just share a little bit of your background with the audience just so that they can get and start to kind of get an understanding of who you are and what it is that you do. So the first thing I'll say is that I'm a a human being. I was born and I was um, raised in a, you know, you'd call it a normal Western family. My parents split up when I was two. Everything was very normal at, at school. I've always been rebellious and most entrepreneurs generally are. They've got that little bit of rebel in them. So I was expelled from school when I was 16. I joined the military, spent seven years in the military, finished my career there training the special forces. And then I was in the fitness world. So I opened up a couple of my own CrossFit gyms. One thing led to another. I realized that, you know, having money was kind of helpful. So I turned more towards, well, how can I make money? I did that for a while. And then what sort of hit me was, I'm just passionate about living the best life possible. And so, you know, along that journey, I I got myself a Guinness World Record. I've got a bucket list like we all do. So I achieved my Guinness World Record, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, summited that. And I sort of got to the point where I was like, it doesn't matter what you achieve after an achievement comes like some kind of depression. And I, I was stuck in this high performing loop of, well, what's my next goal? I want to achieve that. And then I would feel empty. And really, if you looked at my life, it was fucking amazing. But I was feeling empty. So, you know, I I got into coaching when I realized that the mind was the most powerful tool there was out there. And I'm addicted to reading books. I, I consume so much content. It does get unhealthy sometimes. And then I'll, you know, just go fishing or something, but just became addicted with, I don't want to say personal development, but life. I came addicted to life, the meaning, the purpose, and Right now, honestly, I'm fascinated with that. I'm fascinated right now as well with like social structures. How, because it's all well and good having a good life, but I'm like, what happens if two people are in conflict and how do you build a society around different value systems? So that's the stuff I'm reading about and exploring now. So look, I guess that's me in a nutshell. At the end of the day, I just want to be happy and I just want to leave the world a better place than how I came into it. Oh, I love that so much. And I can definitely relate in terms of what you said about having these goals that feel so big when you set them and then, you know, miraculously and often probably hitting them before you ever expect to. And then coming out the other side of it, I know I've just been through this. I've been just like through the last like kind of couple of months really of this, of coming out the other side and kind of getting all that you thought that you quote unquote wanted only to be like, really, is this what it kind of feels like? Can can we go into that? What's your perception of that? Because yeah. I think you might agree also that I know when I was setting the goals, I genuinely thought like in from the knowledge that I had, I genuinely thought this was 
maybe going to give me something or like this was like a good goal like this was going to help other people while helping me helping my daughter and then I'm like I was surprised deeply surprised by this feeling so I think let's go there what was the feeling you said you were deeply surprised by the feeling what was the feeling a sense of almost nothingness actually everything in life has got like a masculine and feminine energy to it you know this and and it's becoming more popular now with the work of david data when it's that's in in regards to relationships but the the principle of gender is in all of life everywhere not just relationships and so when it comes to achieving goals we've also got this principle of gender so the masculine principle is completion we want uh, when i say we i'm a man so let's just say I'm masculine I want to finish it I want a task to finish and that is how the 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 sort of masculine mind in a human works is completion when we even look sexually you know the masculine ejaculates usually that's completion the feminine is continuation the, the feminine wants to keep on going and going and going and doesn't want it to end and you see that characteristic play out and so when it comes to achieving goals there's a masculine aspect of us that wants to achieve a goal but there's a feminine aspect of us that wants to enjoy the journey and so what can happen is we can often associate stronger with one than the other but to to be fulfilled we need both the masculine and feminine at play so do we need goals to achieve yes too many i see too many predominantly women that are really in their feminine but it's unbalanced because they just wander around the planet without actually doing anything. And I've coached them before where they were like, I want to achieve all these things. But when it comes to doing, they're just so in their feminine that, that they hardly take action. And so I truly believe we need both. And I realized that when people were just achieving these goals and feeling empty, they weren't, they weren't really in touch with that feminine aspect of actually just, just enjoying the journey along the way. Because as soon as we achieve something, we're at the peak of a mountain. After the peak, you can't go higher, so you must come down. And all of a sudden, we're comparing ourselves to that high achievement, and we feel like, you know, we're not where we used to be, or we feel that hole that you spoke about, or that feeling of, like, emptiness. Whereas if we just see that the downward walk off the peak of the mountain as part of the journey, then we can actually enjoy that as well. So... Does that, how does that, I mean, does that sound like what you were experiencing and it makes sense? Oh, totally, totally. And I think as well, like, like you said, like it's a, it really is about the journey. And I think for me, I was leveraging so much pain when I was going towards what I wanted that it didn't really matter what was happening. I was just, I was making it happen because, you know, I had a child that depended on me. I had every reason to make it happen mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know, for, for a lot of that, it, it wasn't, you know, quote unquote, pleasurable or enjoyable along. It was just kind of like, just get it done. Mm -hmm. And when you get it done and you have the things that you feel comfortable with, then you can enjoy it. But then that, you know, like exactly what you just described, like that, that walk back down, then it's kind of like, but I was going here and now I feel like, should the goal have been bigger? And like, where to from here? Does it have to change, you know, a different approach completely? Because I don't, it almost mm. felt a little bit deterring also. Of course, of course. And so there are two things I want to say is like, you said you have a daughter and that daughter is dependent on you. There's no like, how old is she? Uh, three and a half. Three and a half. So totally dependent on you. If you weren't there, probably wouldn't live more than a few days. And it's like the needs of someone dependent are survival based. So you're 
your child is like survival based needs. Now you're responsible for your child. So you're ultimately also in survival based needs. So when someone is in like survival consciousness, and this isn't a like a bad thing, this is where all humans go until their basic needs. I mean, it's like when you're in survival consciousness, you have to survive and survival consciousness is like you said, it's, it's, it's striving to achieve to meet those basic needs. It's, it's very hard to be fulfilled when you're starving, right? It's very hard to be fulfilled mm. when you're, you physically fear your death or, you know, your daughter not providing for her. So that leverage is real. The fear of death, the fear of, you know, that's very, and, and use it and utilize it, I would say. And the other thing you said, you know, walking down from that mountain and I, what were the words did you say like was it was it kind of like worth it or it was just like a little bit it was something along the lines of like not deflating but just I can't even remember the word but it it was a little bit oh gosh it's on the tip of my tongue what was the goal what was the goal let's get specific what was the thing is there a specific time yeah so the the first like specific goal was like that magic number of, of hitting six figures in my own business. And that was Mm -hmm. amazing. I was able to do that in the first year. And then it was kind of like, Oh, amazing. And then it was a little bit like, you know, had that short walk down the mountain, but it didn't hit as, hit as hard with that. But then, you know, the second year it's like, well, that's got to be doubled. And, you know, I need a, a car and I just want to rent, you know, a more expensive house now in a different suburb and then it was like mm-hmm. those things seemed so out of reach but then when i got and had those things i remember sitting in the house and it was you know a beautiful home and i had my beautiful car underneath my daughter was at her nice school and i was there by myself at the time and i just was like oh this i thought that this was what i wanted and the high just wore off within like days and i was like why did i want to be here what did I think this was going to give me? Yeah. So, and then it was almost like, okay, well, if I feel this way after achieving this, what would make me want to then keep setting more goals? Because I worked really hard to get here only to feel like this. Why would I want to keep working towards something more if it's going to, you know, my interpretation of it was going to kind of inflate that feeling of just kind of like a little bit of, lack of fulfillment really what you're saying right now so many people will be feeling like it's it's a law of the universe and it's when you come to that realization that more doesn't equal happier more like and there was a study done i can't remember the exact details of it it was a study around money do people that have more money are they happier and it got to a point and it was like let's just say 100k a year beneath that it was like yeah the more money you have the happier you get and then above it 100k let's just put it there you can google it's quite a quite a quite a well-known um study done in the us but once you got above 100k a year for example you actually became unhappier the more money you made so there is this beautiful balancing point and the reason is is because up to 100k like you're struggling to meet your basic needs of you know eating well and 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 socializing and living in a place that's supportive to your values And then once you hit that, you know, you've got all your needs met at around 100K. And then after that, you you almost get less happy because you get trapped in this cycle where more is better. Okay. And then you get the car, get it all, whatever you want. And you're like, fuck, I still feel empty. And that's when you just start to eat at yourself because that's when you realize that you're the problem. 
that's when you realize that nothing out there is going to solve this lack inside of you. And so I'm glad you've had the realization because honestly, I know so many entrepreneurs that are still chasing more. And it's so like, you know, 20 years ago, chasing all of that stuff is so in the past. People are realizing that it's fucking pointless. Once your basic needs are met, like just live in alignment with what makes you happy. If your basic needs aren't met, sure. Try and get some more resources so you can not get squashed by life. But after that, this is when you're free to live your purpose. And I would even argue you should just live your purpose from day one and naturally the resources will come to you to support your life. However, I understand that the way society's built, it's you might just need to get a job. You might just need to work for Uber Eats, you know, to to support that. But I'm I'm so glad you've realized it. Lots of other people will. Chasing the dollars, it will never equate to happiness because you're actually just filling a void in yourself. That's all. Totally. And it was the most perfect opportunity to, because I had the evidence there that it really didn't create the happiness. It was the perfect opportunity to really go inward because I almost had the, you know, so, so far out of alignment had, you know, the, the contrast of what I didn't want. And that mm-hmm. was my evidence to be like, okay, that's absolute proof because you hear this, like money doesn't make you happiness and, um, you know, happy. And, you know, we hear all these concepts and I think that when you don't have money, you kind of like, yeah, right. I'll have it. And then I'll decide for myself. 100%. <laughs> But having that also like, and it's funny that you say that because in that first year of business, it really was the most enjoyable, you know, like kind of confusing also, but it really was about just being on purpose and just really feeling so passionate and lit up by being new to this industry. And it came with so much like ease and grace and and just, it just felt so easy. And everything after that just felt like, yeah, it was almost like this pressure because if you did this last year, then it needs to be more the next year, which is, yeah, super, super interesting. And even, you know, something now that I'm like, yeah. okay, well, we'll go back to that place of, you know, just doing what feels amazing. And and for me, like that's, it's always going to include being of service to humanity in some way, probably always in the form of mentoring to some capacity and it feels so good. But I know for you, even you said that, you just feel really enthusiastic about life, especially at the moment, you know, like really having a look into what's shaping us and, and what is life going to look like moving forward? Because, you know, I you know, think you can agree that we're not going back, so to speak. So I guess what's your take on the change and, and what are you doing, I guess, as a business owner and individual now to kind of adapt or, or move with the paradigm shift that we're experiencing at the moment? So you're talking about what's happening globally, the thing? Yeah, the big thing. Yeah. I mean, okay. is the it, big do thing? you feel okay. like there's something happening <laughs> <laughs> beyond that? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I Like, I'm a big believer in principles. And so a principle, for example, is never give up. That's just a principle. And then you can use it if your relationship's tough, just never give up. If your your business is suffering, just never give up. If you are you know, struggling in the gym, just never give up. And so a principle you can apply to many situations. So I'm huge on having a set sound of a sound set of principles I can live my life by. 
And then it doesn't matter kind of what's happening in the world or whether it's in the channel of my relationship or my business. If I just stick to my principles and they're slightly different to values, but if I stick to my principles, then I can handle any situation that comes up. Now, what's happening in the world right now, I got caught in it massively. I was running a retreat in Bali when it hit or my, my retreat was about to start. I had to cancel it. Every Nobody came to Bali. I was there, had to get home. Nothing got refunded. I've still got tens of thousands of dollars tied in Bali. So I was caught in it. I, with all the conspiracy theories, it's like, they're not conspiracies. They're pretty much facts. That stuff's happening. It's all true. If you want to believe it, great. If not, that's fine as well. And I got caught up in that as well of going, you know, I wanted Trump to win because I truly, I saw the other hand, this is in the, the US elections. And I was like, well, what's really happening here? And in order to, to really put a principle into apply a principle, you need to zoom out. You, you know, this, if you're stressed in your business, you can't see the solution because you're so focused on the problem. And so a friend could be like, Hey, why don't you do this? And you're like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense, but you just can't see it because you're in it. So to, to take like God's view is to look at all of time, the whole history of the universe, however billion years, whatever, to look at all angles and all perceptions and all perspective. And so what's happening in the world right now is like, it's perfect. It's, it is divine what's happening now. It is the pressure that we need to create a mass awakening for people to see beyond the, the, the lies and the manipulation that have been held over humanity for so long. So now is uh, without doubt a time of change. There is change happening globally. You've been through it. Anyone listening, right? Before you break through, you break down. That is, it's a, it's, it's, you know, it, it's a quote, but it's true. You know, the, the breakthrough comes after the breakdown. And so humanity right now is having a breakdown and it kind of, it's been there for a while and it's just getting worse and worse. The, they're printing more money, quantitative, quantitative easing, and sooner or later it's going to break. And they're, they're saying the world needs a great reset. It does. Maybe don't, maybe do your own learning about what kind of reset the globe needs because the one being put forward, you've probably got a feeling inside that it's not very nice. It's not very friendly. It's quite malevolent. So how am I dealing with this? One, these uncertain times, you need to be nimble. I, and I've said to everyone, I need to be nimble. I'm not doing any more in-person events. I don't want to have a mortgage on a property that I'm living in because I want to be able to, to move. When it comes to like my finances, I'm keeping really liquid, spare cash, easy to access. I'm just agile. And the reason I'm agile is because it's so uncertain. I need to be able to move and pivot and, and go wherever. The other, the other thing that goes with that is like, I'm not locking anything in. I'm not locking in like, you know, 12 month programs or anything like that, because I don't want the commitments right now because things are changing so, 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 so fast. Yeah. So when it comes to business, I'm just keeping it real simple, really clean. I'm only working one-on-one -on -one with people and I'm doing it on like monthly basis. There's no lock-ins. There's no nothing. It's like, let's just stay nimble for both of our sakes. And just, just fully simple, no sales funnels, just not, just nothing that I don't want any part of that. So that's the first thing. This, the second thing is, is I keep my finger on the pulse every day with what's happening you know, with the agenda that's being rolled out to see how I can again move and, and whether that comes to different uh, tech platforms. I'm just keeping my finger on the pulse. Living quite minimally. Yes, I live in a 
big ass house on the water, but I'm not being extravagant. So I'm just like minimal simplistic. That's what I'm doing right now whilst I look at what's happening. And I think if you look at the seasons in a year, you have, you know, summer, autumn, winter, spring, those seasons play out in life as well. And on the planet now we're going through, you would say winter, like we're coming into winter and it's, it's cold, you know, cold, dark and miserable, let's say, but what follows winter is spring. So I just know that what humanity is going through now is just a part of a season. It's just part of a season and, and try not to get caught up in it. People will lose their jobs. It's only short term. It's not permanent. You cannot feel good permanently. It, life is cycles. You know, you're going to have days where you feel like shit and maybe you're depressed and that might last two years. It might last two days. It might last two years, but nothing is permanent. And so just whatever happens on the micro on you also happens in the macro with, you know, mother earth. And so the cycles you go through menstrual cycles as a woman, the planet goes through cycles as well. Humanity goes through cycles and we're just going through a cycle. So honestly, you don't need to do anything. I truly believe that people just, you just need to be happy. Just follow your bliss, like do what makes you happy. Um, stand up for what you believe in. Don't work in a job for if if you're if you're putting security ahead of freedom your your net your your basic needs are going to be that's all you're ever going to meet is your basic needs for survival because the freedom and security are almost at opposite ends and so now is the time to put freedom above security and if that means losing your job and standing up for what you believe in and you know maybe going back living with your parents whatever it happens to be or living with friends living a little bit cheaply now is the time to do it. Now's the time to take that transition. So yeah, I mean, I just said a lot. How do you feel about all that? No, that was awesome. I actually saw a video that you popped up the other day and just to touch on what you said there about um, how there's even more money being printed and like the repercussions that we're going to kind of see from that. Can you give a little bit of insight into what I guess your perception is on what is happening in that regard? Yeah, for sure. I'm not a like a financial advisor or anything. I've just got a keen interest in how it all works and I'm still learning. I'm a, I'm forever learning. Ultimately, there's a great video. I would say this to anybody who cares about the economy is there's a great video by Ray Dalio on YouTube called How the Economic Machine Works. Watch that. Like watch that video 10 times until you understand how an economy works. And it's, it's simplified. It's beautiful. There's stick figures. It's amazing. Ultimately... I don't know how deep to go here. There's another great book by Charles Eisenstein called Sacred Economics, which is fantastic, but let's keep it simple. If you print money, if money just gets printed, it's it's, it's not real. Well, look, you tell me, uh, Luca, do you, I can talk about money and, and, and the whole monetary system, but that's probably going to take like 30, 40 minutes, or I can just give you a little heads up on what's happening and maybe what you can do. What would you prefer? Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, a little heads up on what's coming and what we can kind of expect so that it's super easy to digest just for those listeners who it might yeah. be you know, quite new information. Okay. So <laughs> if money is being printed, that means there's more dollars in circulation. Now, what that does is that means the dollar you have becomes less valuable. So as they print more money, which they are doing a lot of to, you know, during COVID, if people lost work, we've got all these schemes and benefits in place to look after people, right? So the, the, the bank prints money, the government sort of distributes it. Your dollar becomes worth less and less. I don't know if you've noticed it, but 
the amount of money you have to spend, like real estate right now is unattainable for a lot of people. That's due to inflation. A house is the price is inflated and your dollar can get you less. So, you know, a million dollars 20 years ago would get you like a grand house, like very, very grand. Now that would be average, right? So that will continue to happen. So if you hold cash, your money actually becomes worth less and less and less and less. So inflation is on average around like 4% a year. You need to be investing and earning more than 4% a year. You'll look, if you go to put your money in the bank right now, you'll be getting like one or 2%. So if your money's in the bank, it's becoming less and less and less and less valuable. So that's what they're doing. They're printing money. Your money's becoming worth less. They're printing money to stimulate the economy. If nobody spends, then the economy eventually dies. Because if you don't pay me, if I don't pay for food, the economy eventually dies. So they print money because they want people to spend. And so when that happens, what do people spend it on? They spend it on property. They spend it on all these things. House prices go up. And eventually this cycle has to break because someone at some point of time, their income doesn't keep up with the, you know, the mortgage prices. It's, it's, I'm going to use houses because everyone understands it. And so the average income and the average house price, the gap's too big and someone will fold. And when someone can't pay back their debts, someone else loses money and someone else loses money. And eventually it's like dominoes. It just falls over. And so this is destined to happen in my prediction is around the end of 2026, start of 2027. So we've got some time between now and then with money being printed, people are going to feel like there's tons of money around because you'll see like house prices start skyrocketing. This is how a boom starts. And so, so, so there is a bust coming. If you can tolerate high interest rates, then you, you know, have a mortgage. Um, interest rates are around, you know, if, let's say 3% at the moment, if you're fixing for 30 years, if you cannot handle the interest rate going to 10, 12%, you're in trouble. You're in trouble and you really need to do something with your money. So my suggestion is if you're going to buy property or invest anytime soon in real estate, make sure you can handle interest rates going to 12%. You need that buffer. If you can't handle it, then I would wait until some downturn, economic downturn happens, a recession, a depression, when it becomes, property becomes a lot cheaper. So you kind of want to have cash ready for those opportunities, but you also don't want to hold cash. That is why I believe, again, not financial advice, cryptocurrency is amazing. Cryptocurrency is deflationary. So as as dollars like inflate and as they, they become worthless, cryptocurrency absolutely goes up in value. Cryptocurrency is liquid. I can access it instantly. I can send it to you instantly. So it's liquid. It's nimble. It's a great store of value, especially as they're printing money. So I believe right now it's smart to have a lot of money in crypto. It's also a very new asset. It's like the internet. People don't realize how powerful cryptocurrency is yet. When people figure it out, like it's a speculative asset, which means you're planning on the price of it going up. When you understand the actual value uh, how how incredible it is that it's decentralized. No nobody is printing more of it. There's a set amount. It's such a powerful commodity or store of value. So right now it's almost like a golden ticket. And I did a post on my social media last night just saying, look, if anyone wants help setting this up, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Reach out to me because I know that people that follow me on social media they're good people, and I want to help them because 
the more good people because because money does give you some sort of power it's as you've experienced there's you still need to be happy inside but it gives people some autonomy and some sovereignty and so you know crypto is really a a great play right now moving into what's to come in the future yeah that's so informative and i think that for a lot of people like even like there's just like that it's it's almost seen as I wouldn't go as far as saying like taboo, but like a lot of people just see it as like completely gambling, really um, unsecure. And it almost has like a lot of like, oh, from from my understanding, which is very limited, mind you, it's this thing that like is just kind of a bit of a fad and, and shouldn't be relied upon and, you know, isn't great and things like that. So it's so nice to just hear that kind of different perspective I guess of of you know having those different options as well but where do you think it is that you know we're heading with all of this changing because I know that you mentioned you know earlier about different you know people like just even like values for instance like just the the difference in values between maybe like Mm. you and I for instance and then those people who at this point in time you know in the government and have the ability to structure things much you know heavier than 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 we would and having such a difference in values and things like that and how that shapes society do you think that that is on the precipice of change at the moment do you think that that's something that we can expect we definitely can every time so there's there's um claire graves and i can't remember who it was they they've got this this system called spot i don't know if you've heard of spiral dynamics or values level thinking when you look at people's values, they kind of come in groups. And Dr. John D. Martini says your voids create your values. So what you don't have, especially when you're younger, creates like you want it, right? But when you have that value met, you learn like like we, you and I both, right? We've we've valued money, we've we've attained it, and then we've learned, hey, well, there's 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 like another level to life, and so our values can shift. So when we learn that something doesn't work, we'll shift our, our values. Let me give you an example for the listeners that will be relevant. The first one that came to mind is if, if you value safety and security and you're in a relationship, you're going to find that you can't really experience true love if you're worried so much about protecting yourself it's going to stop you being vulnerable, which is what it's, that's what the channel of intimacy is, is the opposite to vulnerable. It's openness and, and that promotes love and closeness. So you learn, okay, if I'm always got my guard up, if I've always got a barricade, even an unconscious one that you don't know is there to protect myself, then I can never really experience true love. And so you go, well, well, this doesn't work. And then your value might shift from, um, you know, security this is a big shift, but it might shift to vulnerability. Okay, so I, now I value, value vulnerability. And all of a sudden you value vulnerability and you start to have a better relationship. So we learn what doesn't work and then we go, okay, well, what new, what do I need to focus on? What do my values need to be for this to work? And I think humanity is reaching that point now. Let's just talk about, I, I say humanity, the, the Western sort of way politics works where we're learning that values level four, which is, systems and structured based politics is limited and there is going to be a shift of consciousness in the way we do politics i even think blockchain technology is going to be, which is what cryptocurrency is built on is going to be part of the new future of of politics the thing that gets a lot of people is the time frame so are we going through a change i'm 
I'm certain we are. Time frame is, hey, it could take our whole lifetime. Like this might be something that our kids get to experience. So sometimes it feels like you want it to hurry up and happen because it's true, like you do. But let me tell you, as soon as this hurry up and happens, it's like achieving a goal. You're just going to get to the next obstacle and the next obstacle. So try not to like want the world to change really quickly. Try and just, just find your, that's why I keep saying, just have fun because it is changing. Try not to rush it because you'll just get caught chasing something. If you're, if you want it to change, you're saying I'm not happy now, which to me is like, that's not how life should be lived. You, it, it's a paradox. You should want both. Yes. I want change, but I'm actually quite content with things as they are. So look, I'm cool. Yeah. And I think that something that is really important in that regard is, and I spoke to your partner about this yesterday when I interviewed her, is really about self-mastery and just being totally responsible and accountable for yourself. So even though so much is changing, you know, in the external world, we still have the ability to create fulfillment within us. We still have the ability to you know, control within our own personal lives, what it is that, you know, brings us that bliss and joy and contentment and more love. Mm -hmm. Like those things are still 100% on the table and accessible. And I think that this is why it's, yeah, I also have such a keen fascination with like the mind and the unconscious mind and, you know, our connection to, you know, whether it's God or source or spirit or whatever it is, because I just think like we are in an ever, ever changing world and you hit the nail on the head perfectly when you said like everyone just wants to move out of this and just get back on with their life because in comparison I guess they might have felt that the way that things were was just easier and more predictable but not really taking into consideration that like you can be in whatever emotional state you choose to put yourself in at any given time and for as long as there's something external from you controlling what's happening internally for you it doesn't really matter what's happening because that thing is always driving you irrespective of whether it's something to do with the government or your partner or your job or your boss or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. This is why I think that self-mastery, understanding values, all of these things are just so important for people to just live a quality life because, yeah, there's always going to be something else that you will justify is the reason that you can't have what you want just yet. And by want, I usually mean, you know, feel. Yeah. Why you can't feel the way that you want to feel. Yeah, 100%. And you use the word God in, in there. And like, I'm not religious, but I that's that's such a powerful thing is, you know, you said it, we take responsibility and we absolutely do. I feel like the, the, the first part of life is getting out of victimhood into taking responsibility. And we talked before about, you know, you, your child is dependent and then responsibility, you know, is independent. So you go from dependent to independent. You go from victim to taking responsibility. And then I feel the next step after that is letting go of some responsibility, letting go of some things and co-creating with God and, and call it God, call it divinity, call it the Holy Spirit, the divine matrix, the quantum field, call it whatever you want. That, that natural intelligence, when you align with that, that's to me is like the, the the third level of mastery. So it's from victim, you take responsibility, but from responsibility, you actually let go of a bit of responsibility and work in alignment with the natural flow of the universe. I feel like there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are coming to this point now where it's about letting go of all the things they thought they wanted and actually coming back into alignment with that 
natural flow of the universe with, with you know with god's power and like that's where fulfillment lies yeah yeah i couldn't agree more with what you've just said there and i know that this time for me you know with having you know these goals that were met and that was amazing and then just really evaluating what what kind of the next step was it actually gave me an opportunity to strengthen my connection with you know my version of god i'm not religious either but i've dabbled in a lot of i guess different modalities if you will of spirituality and I've come to the conclusion of what feels really good for me which is amazing and you're absolutely right like sometimes almost not from a bypassing you know perspective but almost like offloading like you said some of that responsibility and being guided allows for so much more I've found personally ease so much more and there's still moments that I've got to catch myself just <laughs> just to be like, okay, am I trying to, you know, micromanage or control this thing, you know, when we don't have an answer or something just isn't completely clicking yet. And, you know, we spoke about it and I'm happy to like kind of go there a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm trying to decipher between like business coaching and mindset coaching because as we spoke about earlier, like I just feel like there's so much more to understand rather than just like running this successful business or hitting that, you know, six figures, which I see so many, you know, young coaches just want to want to hit that mark. And so I think when you can, you know, be a little bit more objective about it and just have a bit more perspective on the situation, you're like, I don't want you to get there only to be deflated. And so that for me is where that mindset's coming in. I'm like, it goes much deeper than mindset, but just having something else within you that's fulfilling you. And you might be able to talk in this, but something that I've found that I did when I first began business is everything was just about the business. And I thought that that was amazing because the business was being of service and like I should just spend all my time in there, right? And when that business then wasn't kind of performing consistently like on an upward trajectory, that was my whole identity. So any time that that felt compromised or any time that that felt a little bit you know, it was potentially like in my eyes going down a little bit, then I was in such an emotionally volatile place. And so something that I've really found is like you're having a strong connection to whatever faith that, you know, looks like for you, but also having other things to focus on externally from your business or just one area of life alone has been something that I found so much more joy and fulfillment in. Do you find that also? Yeah, hundred percent. I was exactly the same. And I think everybody goes through it, right? We, we do, we associate our identity to our business, especially as a coach, you know, if I owned a product or a service, not so much, but as a coach, you are the brand. And so if the business isn't doing well, you go, well, I'm a piece of shit and I suck and I'm useless and I'm not worthy. I've totally been there hundreds of times and everyone experiences it. I would never take that opportunity away from someone to experience it though. So, you know, you were saying there are lots of business coaches coming through and you're like, you know, it's not all, this isn't, this isn't all it is. They need to feel that pain for themselves, right? That's how we... That's how we learn is really not from being told, but from feeling pain, <laughs> but telling someone not to touch the stove yeah. and someone touching the stove is two very different things. So I would say no matter what you choose to do, you're, you're, you're actually choosing the, the perfect divine path, because if you lead 10 people off a cliff to financial ruin, not that you would, 
that's the lesson they need to learn at that time. And that will serve them in the future. And I always say that whenever you feel like you're giving to someone, you're actually taking. Whenever you feel like you're taking from someone, you're actually giving. And what I mean by that is if you were to give a homeless person $10, you're taking away his ability to find a job. You're allowing him to stay small. So by not giving him the $10, he has to step up and take action. It's his responsibility ultimately. And so the whole world, every decision you make is perfectly balanced. If you give him the money, there are pros and cons. The con is you take away his responsibility. The pro is you help someone that might need help. So no matter what decision you make to do, there are pros and cons. And they are, believe me, the universe is perfectly balanced. They, they are perfectly balanced. And so it, it gives you freedom to do. That's why I always just say, just have fun. <laughs> because there is literally no right or wrong. You can, you can think you're doing someone the world of good and you're actually taking from them the very thing that they might need. So the universe has this beautiful way of giving people the lessons that are due when they're due. If you look at a dog or a bird or a bee, they don't really think about right and wrong, right? They The bird pollinates the flowers, which the flower needs to spread the seeds. But the bee also stings people. So it's like the the bee can piss you off or it can provide you with beautiful, beautiful flowers. If you get rid of the bee, you won't get stung anymore, but you also won't get the beauty of the flowers. So everything's perfectly balanced. Same with dogs, right? They bark, maybe they bite and that's not fun, but they're also like fully loving and caring and, and maybe even protective. And it's like, well, everything has got a perfect amount of balance of pros and cons. So if, if you tried to remove... You know, this is like hedonistic living. If you try and remove the negative aspects of your own personality, and this is shadow work as well, you're actually going to be denying half of your self-existence. And yep. people say they want to be authentic. Duh, duh. An authentic person gets angry and expresses anger. An authentic person gets sad and expresses sadness. An authentic person um, gets joyful and expresses joy. So quite often we, we want to get rid of the bad side and keep the good side. And that is one very very fast way to have an unfulfilling life because people say self-love self-love is loving the, the 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 negative parts of yourself as well the horrible parts so the most empowering thing i ever did was i sat down and i was like i became okay with my anger i became okay with what's that word that everybody calls someone else narcissism i became okay with being a narcissist so i was like you know what i'm okay being a narcissist because there are parts of narcissism that are actually good. I became okay with anger. And if my values are up on the wall here, okay, compassion, humility, boundaries, certainty, gratitude, and boundaries and anger are closely linked. And while I repressed my anger, I had shitty boundaries and people would walk all over me. And so when I learned to like cultivate my anger, I started to set stronger boundaries. And now it's, now I'm back in my power. I'm back in alignment instead of being trodden on. And so when we can own the the negatives in ourselves but also in our decisions so in business as well i got to a point where i was like oh i wasn't happy taking too much money because i was like you know it could hurt them in some way it's taken from them and then when i balanced it out we're going actually remember when you take you actually give so like what lessons am i giving them that that balance it out and what it does it gives you freedom to be yourself because you're no longer thinking well is this good or bad you you've got your own set of principles and values that you live by and you're in your power um and honestly when 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 the birds the bees the dogs when they just when they're just their authentic self the whole planet works in this beautiful symbiosis and so 
that's all we need to do is just be ourselves that is it and all of your problems will fucking when i say your problems will disappear you'll still have problems but you'll feel good whilst you have problems yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more with that and i've done it sounds like you might have as well like quite a bit of work with um dr john Martini, and so much of what he says resonates so deeply with values and being in alignment with them and you absolutely were spot on like with taking away what's right and wrong because I think when you you know start embarking on his work and you start to really understand like polarity like you said you really understand that there is to every positive a negative in every single situation and live by your I guess highest values it does create for so much more ease And, you know, I think that the biggest thing that I found on that journey is, yes, it's beautiful. And then my biggest, like, unlearning is feeling um, or kind of having more compassion for myself when that Mm -hmm. guilt comes up, when you really want to honor yourself, because I feel like that's a huge thing that is, you know, for me specifically, like, deeply conditioned in there is like, you know, taking into consideration every other person, because that'll make you a good person, right? So, when we're going out and we're trying to honor ourselves and honor our own values and our own boundaries, there's definitely this kind of transition of like always looking what you feel like over the fence to make sure that person's okay with that boundary or okay with you not prioritizing what, you know, you used to prioritize and all of these things. So there's been honestly such a, such an awesome conversation and thank you so much. Did you just want to say something else on that? Sorry. I, I did. I was just going to say, trying to be a good person will ruin your life. Stop trying to be a good person. Be okay with being an asshole sometimes. Like, be okay with that. Especially because I've said to someone before, I told a friend of mine to read The Power of Now. And so she's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to live in the now. So I'm just going to party and get drunk all the time and live in the now. And I was like, oh, you didn't quite get what I meant. So when I say be an asshole, what I mean by that is like, like what is an asshole? It's someone that's maybe mean or doesn't care about other people in a way like so there's pros and cons to being an asshole pros are you you really get to give less fucks and instead of being someone that tries to be good to not hurt others you're never going to be happy you're you're actually never going to be happy because it's just not possible and so when i say be an asshole i don't mean totally be an asshole i mean there are pros to being an asshole and it's like don't be scared of using them. Don't be scared of, of hurting someone else because it is inevitable at some point. This is my philosophy is like, just have a loving intent. If you just have a loving intent, it's not going to be perfect by any means, but that also involves, you're not intentionally going out in a malevolent way to hurt anyone. You're just, you're just carrying a loving presence and you're co-creating with God and you're living by your values, you're in power, some people will get hurt, you'll be happy, they'll be fine, that's how the world works. And I honestly think there is just this beautiful little sweet spot in there, which is what you would probably call enlightenment. And I, I, each day, I just feel like if I can just keep practicing these things, then and not get what do they call it? The temptation of Christ, like not get pulled into the temptations of trying to make more money the temptations of materialism i just feel a lot of fulfillment in in that little spot yeah 
That's amazing. That's amazing. I've never heard it, you know, conveyed like that, but I think that that's really beautifully said. So on that note, I think that that's an awesome place to wrap it up. Again, thank you so, so much for your time. I am really deeply, you know, appreciative of it. And thank you so much for sharing so much on here. I really, really, really do appreciate it. Well, guys, we covered a lot in that podcast and I love doing podcasts like that where we can just free flow through it and whatever needs to be you know, brought to the surface in these conversations. I really love that these can happen just so uh, authentically and organically. And you know, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. So I've popped in John's contact details in the show notes below and that will wrap up today's episode. If you feel called to, if you enjoyed it, I would be so grateful if you could review this podcast or send me a message on Instagram which is Luca underscore Rose and let me know your feedback it is always deeply appreciated Um, I truly truly appreciate your feedback because ultimately this podcast has been created for you and I just want to um, serve to the best of my ability and give you guys such a kind of well-rounded, you know, well-rounded information and such a variety and such, you know, diversity in that information. So let me know how you found today and I'll catch you in the next episode.